It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're going to dive into the unique way that SGA got to 30 points in this game against the Knicks. And Josh Giddy talks about the pairing between SGA and himself. The Thunder do fall to the Knicks, but there's still a ton to take away from this game. We'll talk about it on today's Locked On Thunder podcast. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by BetterHelp, we're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder falling to the New York Knicks in the Paycom Center despite another 30-point game from SGA. Josh Giddy getting it going in the latter stages of this game and Lou Dort continuing his hot streak. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service. BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionals and professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Learn more and save 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash NBA. So we're going to start the way that we always do with our game overview, talking about how this Thunder team fared against the Knicks. So Chet Holmgren was out. Usman Jang was out. Pokashevsky was out. For Chet Holmgren, of course, is out for the season. Uh, Poku has that uh, ankle issue uh, probably is going to play Wednesday, but we'll see obviously how he progresses there. Watching him warm up um, before the game, uh, he looked good in warm ups, but of course, it's not always indicative of what's going to happen in the next game. But he did look good in warm ups. And then Usman Chang's just with the G League team right now. Um, they have him out there working on being a, you know, a playmaker, working on being kind of more of a ball dominant guy. Uh, you know, he, I don't know how long his G League stint will be, but uh, it's been the last couple of weeks. And then Jalen Williams from Arkansas was called back up. So technically he's a DNP CD, but he played over 30 minutes in the G League game this afternoon. Uh, and so he was not going to be able to play for the Thunder for playing 30 minutes. But uh, yeah, Jalen Williams was awesome uh, in the G League game, was way more offensive in that game than what you might have been used to seeing him play for the Thunder. It was good to see that. Obviously, it's been a long night. We're recording this at uh, 1.30 a.m. <laughs> after being in the Paycom Center for the better part of 12 hours. So that was uh, a very fun a very fun day. The Thunder starters, SGA, Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, Kenny Hustle, and Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Who were the five biggest minute getters? Well, it was SGA, Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, 
and J-Dub along with J-R-E. So the Thunder saw Trey Mann return, Darius Basie return, and Isaiah Joe return. They played 13 players in this game. Of course, the biggest player is SGA. Shea Gildas-Alexander showed you again his superstar potential and his superstar ability that he's kind of reached this year. He scored 30 points in this one, seven assists, five rebounds, a steal, a block, and only three turnovers. He got to the free throw line and shot 13 free throws, going 12 for 13. He went 0 for 2 from 3. One of the threes was like a three or four step behind the line. Chuck, I don't know if you want to count that one, but he did go 0 for 2 from 3. The way that SGA just rolls out of bed and drops 30 points, that is the definition of a star. He even missed some uncharacteristic shots at the rim. He blew a couple layups that should have been easy for someone of his uh, ability and his rim finishing ability, especially um, that, that we've seen over the years. And he still got to 30 points. He still just wound up at that magic number without just jacking up shots left and right. That's what superstars do. Superstars are able to have a quiet 30 point game or a game where you're watching it and in real time you're like, ah, kind of an off night from Shea. Then you look at the box score and he's got 30 points, seven assists, five rebounds, a steal, a block. That's what stars do. And the way that he's scoring these points, it just shows how deep that his bag is, right? Sure, the three-point shot's not coming around at an extremely high um, pace, so to say, right? He's shooting a good percentage, but just not shooting them very often, not very frequently. But every other way that he scores is repeatable and also is just a tribute to how good he is. Like that spin-around, fadeaway jump shot in the restricted area. Like that kind of shot, only a select few players can make. And we're seeing him in real time develop as a scorer. Going back to his rookie year in in, in LA and his first year in Oklahoma City, it kind of felt like he was more, his game was more based upon his ability to switch gears. Like the fact that he was kind of herky jerky and, you know, he could go blazing fast and then all of a sudden just stop and go and basically slow motion, it felt like, toward the rim. It was more finesse. It was more, it was more slithery. Uh, his ability to score and get to the rim, his first couple of years in the NBA. This year, you're seeing him still use that pace. You're seeing him still use that finesse and that slithery nature of his game. But he's using his body. He's bumping into guys with his shoulder to create that space. He's taking on contact at the rim. There was a there was a shot in this game where he's on the low block. He lowers the shoulder into a guy, which which creates, of course, a little bit of distance then spins, which creates even more distance, then shoots, and it's just it's just an incredible shot that he, that he nails. But all those different ways to create space now are there for him. It's not just the, it's not just the uh, start, stop, start, stop, kind of looking like he's kind of glitching down the floor uh, on the way to the rim and a scoop layup in between two defenders. Like he's, he's got such a portfolio about him where he can score in such a multitude of ways that is the exact reason why he's a superstar. 
and one thing that stood out to me about his game this year, beyond the mid-range, beyond the um, rim, you know, he's scoring a lead at the rim. He, he's he's an incredible mid-range finisher at the short mid-range, long mid-range, and uh, mid, mid, mid-range, so to say. The biggest thing has been his playmaking. Like, his playmaking, I think, gets overlooked because he's so good at scoring, and his teammates are not cashing in enough to make his assist column be eye-popping. It's good, but it's not like eye-popping. Whenever you're discussing SJ, you're going to discuss all these other factors first, the improved defense, the scoring ability, uh, 30 points a night. He is so good at driving and kicking, and not just driving and then throwing the ball out and, and, and hoping it goes to the right guy. Like the, the calculation of driving, slowing his tempo down, finding and surveying the right wing wing guy to throw it to, and getting it out to them in a crisp manner and kind of in a area in which they can just easily load into their shot. That's very important. He has that vision when he drives. And there are plays like this one at the end of the third quarter where he goes, he drives to the rim, he splits the double team, kicks out to a wide open Mike Muscala, one of the better three-point shooters on this team in the corner. The shot doesn't fall, but he manipulates the defense the entire way has all that gravity pulling in toward him whenever he drives to the rim and he gets it out to one of the most reliable three-point shooters on this team. It just so happens that the shot didn't go in, but that's a fantastic play and a fantastic process that is now going to be lost in the ether, so to say. But when you actually look at the game, like that, that is exactly how this team thrives. This team is going to thrive by Lou Dort, continuing his heater from beyond the arc, which we're going to talk about coming up. It's going to thrive from Josh Giddy in a year, two, three years, taking a step from beyond the arc. It's going to thrive from adding in Chet Holmgren, who shot 40% in college from three. It's going to thrive from adding uh, throughout this next offseason and beyond more shooters around Shea that he can do this to, driving and kicking to guys who can knock down the shot. Then his assist numbers become eye-popping. Then you no longer can have four feet, in, you know, four different feet pairs of feet in the paint. Whenever Shea drives, you've got to stay out at least – at least a respectable distance uh, in closing out on his teammates. Like all that stuff ties in together. Basketball is a very um, one-on-one game in a lot of ways, but in a lot of ways it's of course a very much a team game of, of how it all ties together. One guy can rise the boat, but it's a lot better if there's a lot of other players pitching in, of course. And, and SGA has been a fantastic superstar. And I think that this game really affirms that. Like, like if you were worried that it's just a small sample size or, uh, can this be sustainable, or um, is this really who SGA is now? To me, when he has games like this, it's even more impressive than whenever he just dominates start to finish, drops 40 points, and and that's all there is to it. Whenever it feels like he's having a quote-unquote off night and he's dropping 30, like that's just what stars do in this league. That is That is how you rise to stardom in the NBA. And so he deserves a ton of credit for that and a ton of credit for um, his ability to score, to score the basketball and I just think that his playmaking is so much improved from what it has been in recent years and helping out his teammates. But we'll talk Lou Dort Heater. We'll talk Josh Giddy and how what he had to say about his pairing with SGA all coming up. But first, I want to tell you right now, about our good friends over at Turo, folks. Turo is incredible. If you want to rent uh, cars and, 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 and test out cars, I should say, it is the world's largest car sharing market. Turo is something that you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, and wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts across the U.S., Canada, and coming soon to Australia. Forget boring rental cars. Just find your drive 
at Turo.com. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts, and they have what you need in the sense of if you need an SUV or a minivan for that family road trip, you can get it at Turo from the market sharing place of the cars. If you need a pickup truck for some errands or a do-it-yourself project that you just don't have the facilities to haul something that you need, you can get it at Turo. And you can even just test drive an EV and and test drive some of the cars you're thinking about investing in long-term by first trying them out at the car sharing service marketplace at Turo. So go check it out today. That's Turo.com. Check it out today. Terms and conditions do apply, but make sure that every trip is backed with uh, liability insurance as it is with Turo.com. Terms and conditions apply, and make sure you check it out today at Turo.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're diving into this game against the Knicks. Thank you so much for making Locked On Thunder your first listen every single morning. Every single day, we're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. For your next listen, check out Lockdown Sports today. From the games that matter most, the uh, the biggest stories in sports will be on the scoreboard and behind the scenes with our local experts and insight that only Lockdown can provide. So subscribe to that podcast as well, wherever you get your podcast from. Lou Dort continues his hot streak. I think that he's back. I, I, I think that... The cold streak that you saw from Lou Dort was just that. It was a cold streak. And I told you a couple weeks ago, I don't think that Lou Dort just forgot how to play basketball, just forgot how to shoot, just forgot how to be a competent offensive player. I think that this is a cold streak that is a brutal one. It was a terrible start from him. There's there's no denying how bad the start was. But if it was buried in the in, in the crevices of a season in February, it would not have been overblown the way that it was whenever it's the first 10 games of the season. But in this game, 24 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal, a block. I know that Jalen Brunson went off, but he played some fantastic defense on Jalen Brunson. He said that, like, you know, if, if guys are going to hit those shots, you, basically what he said is if you guys are going to hit those shots, you got to live with it. Like, if, if Jalen Brunson is going to hit those tough um, those tough mid-range jumpers uh, in the face of Lou Dort, one of the best defenders in the NBA, if not the best defender in the NBA in the perimeter, you got to just live with it. Like that's just how life goes. Sometimes sometimes it's just other guys night and they're going to have shots fall. Uh, Lou Dort offensively himself shot 64% from the floor, three for four from three. I think that in this game, Lou Dort was more active offensively, but more under control offensively. Like there was not those possessions where it was clunky or he was trying to do too much or trying to play outside of himself in this game. Offensively, he just played his role he just did his job. He was still active. He was still scrappy. He still created eight rebounds and 
and, and in turn, of course, creating possessions that way. Uh, but overall, offensively, it was just more of a calm game from him as he shoots the lights out of the gym, three for four from three, 64% from the floor. Did a really good job there. Defensively, again, the, the Brunson Statlin's going to be going to be eye-catching, but he is the king of drawing uh, fouls on the defensive end in the sense of uh, fighting through screens and, and creating uh, that illegal screen call to shift the possession to OKC. Uh, and, and I want you to start watching for that. Like As you're watching these games, it'll happen at least once a game where Lou Dort is going to draw an offensive foul. Look for it the way that uh, Fish and Cage, they have this bit, Chris Fisher and uh, Michael Cage of Bali Sports, whenever they're broadcasting the Thunder games, they have, they have this bit where they always talk about how once a game everybody steps on the uh, out-of-bounds line whenever they have the ball in their hands. That same bit can apply to Lou Dort drawing offensive uh, you know, fouls. Uh, and also, another area of defense that Lou Dort is really good at. I'll call it the reverse chair pull, so like a chair pushing in. But whenever those... You know, whenever those jump shot, you know, jump shooters uh, when, that you're defending just go up in the air, they're trying to take a jump shot, but then they realize, ah, I'm more contested than I thought, so I'm just going to lean into the defender, try to initiate contact, and hope that the refs will bail me out. Whenever they're going and seeking out contact as jump shooters, Ludor does a phenomenal job of just sliding out of the way, just squirming out of the way, and uh, and not getting hit with the contact that the offensive player is trying to create. And of course, then not getting hit with the foul call from the officials. I think that that's a really good um, job by him to adapt to the way that the modern NBA game is played. Uh, I call it that way because, you know, pulling out the chair whenever a guy's posting up on you, you just kind of get out of the way and he falls, whatever. It, it feels like the guy's like kind of trying to do a trust fall only in front of you, trying to jump into you, creating the contact on the jump shot. And then Ludor just slides out of the way, just moves out and you cannot hit him, and you cannot kind of bait the foul call. And, and that's especially key for Lou Dort to do and to, to avoid those cheap fouls because as an aggressive defender and a primarily on-ball defender and a guy who is entrusted with defending the best offensive players on every single team and the best offensive players in the world, he's going to pick up foul calls. Like, he's going to. Like, he's an aggressive player automatically, and he's guarding and, and having the toughest assignments. So, to avoid those cheap ones is a big deal. To, to adapt to that and learn how to avoid those cheap ones is huge for Lou Dort, and he's done that, uh, especially this season and especially this game against Jalen Brunson, who's who's a very crafty scorer in his own right. I thought that Darius Baisley played well off the bench. Uh, he came in and immediately just blocks three shots. Blocking three shots after being off for over a week, that is very hard to do. Like Like, that should not be undersold like to have the legs and the bounce to do that in a live NBA game off of the bench after a week layoff week plus layoff. That's impressive. Three rebounds, seven points. He shot 40% from the floor and had a couple of and ones, which were obviously good to see him finish through contact and be aggressive. He had those patented overzealous possessions, but overall he was still good. Like this, this was a game where he had a couple of those. Oh, base like don't, don't don't play outside yourself. Don't do that. Like don't pound the ball into the hardwood and then spin around and and attack somebody from the perimeter to the rack and just don't do that. And, and but prior to the injury, those possessions have been had been cut way down. Maybe one a game, but a lot of games recently until the injury, there were zero a game. But it felt like this game he was kind of overconfident, kind of kind of pressing the issue a bit because he was. I, I would assume he was so excited to get get out there or something. But he he just kind of looked overzealous and. and at times, he reminds me of 
if Andre thought that he was an elite offensive talent, like take Andre and how good he was defensively. Obviously, Baisley's not there, but he's a really good defender. Like he, Baisley's a really, really good defender. He's also not a really good offensive player yet, um, especially whenever he doesn't play that kind of rim-running role that he played at times earlier in the season before, before the injury. It's like if Andre thought that he was like an elite offensive player. Like that's the kind of confidence that Baisley has in himself offensively, which is good to have confidence, but uh, obviously kind of want to rein that in, which he had done a good job of leading up to the injury. Let's see if now that you kind of got your feet wet, now that you're kind of back in the rhythm, now that you kind of shook off the nerves, excitement, whatever you want to tab it as um, of being back. Let's see if he gets back to kind of that more aggressive rim running style offensively that he was in uh, b- before the injury. Josh Giddy bursted onto the scene offensively after, after a relatively slow start from him. And I'm going to talk about his activity offensively and also the Thunder slow start in general. And Josh Giddy talked about his pairing with SGA. That's all coming up on today's Locked on Thunder podcast on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. But I do want to tell you right now about good friends over at LinkedIn, folks. LinkedIn is incredible. Get your applicants that you need for free by going to linkedin.com slash locked on MBA to post your job for free. LinkedIn gives you so many great options. If you go there, you post your job for free, use the hashtag purple. We're hiring uh, tag on your profile. That way people know you're hiring. and They can go seek out your application. What they do is they give you so many resources like um, interview questions that you, that you can kind of prompt somebody beforehand, a uh, skill trainer, a uh, test, and also uh, you, you can just quickly scan through these resumes and see if they have the right job qualifications or experience for your job to proceed with an actual interview in, in your own right. So like LinkedIn does a great job of trying to streamline this hiring process for you because we know at LinkedIn that getting these hires right and timely are the biggest part and a high stakes wager in your small business. You want to be hundred percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you go to LinkedIn. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right person faster and for free. Check it out today. LinkedIn jobs. Uh, make sure you post it over there at LinkedIn jobs slash locked in MBA. That's LinkedIn jobs slash locked in MBA. Post your job for free terms and conditions do apply. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but really the first words you want to say are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And trust me, as someone named Jake, that is a fact. That's the phrase that will help you feel good knowing that you have people who can help you find the right coverage for the things you want to protect. Insurance doesn't need to be complicated with a State Farm agent. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits you because your situation is unique. And State Farm is there to help you feel supported with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. And when you need ways to get help, don't yell or be angry because State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com or their award-winning app. State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod. Josh Giddy gets 18 points, 7 assists, 9 rebounds, a steal, shot 53% from the floor. Only 3 turnovers uh, in a very heavy 33-minute workload. 
SGA played 34 minutes. Like they kind of uh, obviously shared the floor a ton in this game. So he was asked after the game how he feels with this pairing of SGA and Josh Giddy. Remember, you know, Josh Giddy, of course, is in his second year, but his season ended a day after the All Star break last year. So, and you mix that with SGA's injury before the All Star break, and these guys have not played that much time together. And so it's been very important that they get as much time as they can on the floor together this year. And he says that Josh Giddy says that he feels better and more confident in the chemistry with him and SGA each and every time that they play together, each and every game that goes by. And he, he mentioned how they both want to make it work. And he mentioned how um, these things take time to develop. Like you look at Tatum and Brown, which is an example I've used on this podcast for the last couple of weeks. Like Tatum and Brown have had questions if they can work their entire careers together. Even last year, at this time last year, around Thanksgiving, getting into Christmas, even after Christmas, there were Celtics people saying, I don't think that Jalen Brown and, and, and Jason Tatum can work together. They went to the NBA Finals in a couple of months after that. Like These things take time, and the bottom line is, as long as both players continue to have the attitude of we want to make it work together, great players are going to play great together. Basketball is a sport where it is, is easier to complement each other, like, you know, and it's easier for your two best players to shine together than in most sports, right? Like Otani and Trout playing in LA and the Angels, like them playing great together doesn't really do much because obviously it's it's not as much of a team game as the, as basketball. It's like I just think that Josh Giddy and SGA can work together and can play off each other in in the NBA, especially as we start seeing this league go to a more positionless style, go to a more versatile style. We start seeing these ball dominant players get put together more like Trey young and DeJounte Murray in Atlanta. Like obviously that pairing is going to take time to gel as well, but like it's no longer taboo to have two, three, four ball dominant guys. That's what the thunder want to build. And that's kind of the vision that they're working in. And so if that's kind of the parameters of this whole thing, right? If, if that's been communicated this entire time to SGA and Josh Giddy, then it's easier to intertwine that than let's say if Josh Giddy never joined this team until like year six of Shea being an OKC and he's always been the guy with the ball in his hands and now he's having to learn. Like the fact that they're growing together and learning together instantly, right, and th- and step by step, uh, I think will go a long way as well in having this pair work. Uh, but for Josh Giddy in this game, relatively slow start from him. Uh, and slow start from the team. It's not just the Josh Giddy thing. Like, slow start from the entire team in this one. But for Josh Giddy specifically, that floater is a real weapon. Like, it's a real deal weapon. And it was on tonight. Uh, and his rim finishing has been improved this year. And that is going to be such a nice addition to the team once you get Chet Holmgren back. Or once you once you add kind of these, these pick and roll options for Josh Giddy. That can make a that can put pressure on the rim and he can lob the ball up too, like off of these floaters. Like it's going to be so impressive and so interesting to watch how this team evolves. Like this team is going to be very very fun to watch. But how did the Thunder lose this game? It was a sloppy game. It was a sluggish game. Uh, the Thunder would make a run, and I I love the way that Josh Giddy described it. The Thunder wouldn't really make a run. They make a short burst. Like it'd be a short burst. Like okay, back within eleven back within eight this time, back within nine this time. But each and every run that got you down to 11, got you down to eight, got you down to nine, the Knicks would immediately counterpunch them and immediately end that run and it would be over. So like they kept having these short outbursts where it's like, okay, this is this is trending in the right direction now. And then it'd immediately get cut off by the Knicks. That's a great job of the Knicks to be able to do that. But the big thing has been OKC 
starting slow? How can OKC start fast? Is this a fluke? Is this on the starters? Is it on the matchups? Is it the identity of this team? How can they fix it? I don't know the answers to that, but I'm just throwing it out there. they got to start faster from now on. They tried everything, though. They tried thousands of lineups. They tried playing a zone. Everything you can think to try, they tried. OKC had no answer for Julius Randle or Jalen Brunson. Made incredibly hard shots as well. And R.J. Barrett had had a great game. The best game he's had in over a week. Like like the room, the, the rumblings of, of disgruntlement with the fan base in New York and R.J. Barrett were starting to get loud. And then R.J. Barrett comes out and has a really good game. And the Thunder miss Poku. Like the Thunder need Poku um, on this roster. Like it's gotten to that point. Like I, I think that some fans still view Poku as like this, this circus act. Poku's a legitimate NBA player and a legitimately important piece of this team in, in its winning ways. And whenever this team wins, uh, it's it's in large part because Poku plays an impact in, in most of the wins that they've had uh, over the course of this season. Uh, the next one's led by 17 points. OKC only got a two-point lead in this one. Seven lead changes, three times tied. OKC outgrew, uh, I should say OKC out got rebounded by 10. OKC once uh, had one more turnover than, than the Knicks in this game. The Thunder shot uh, for the shooting splits, 49-33-78. Thunder lost points in the paint by 12. They lost second chance points by five, and they lost the fast break points as well. Both teams saw four players register in double figures. The Thunder were actually the favorites in this game, minus two and a half. That obviously did not cover. The MVP of this game, I'm going to say, is Lou Dort. Lou Dort deserves a ton of credit for the way that he played in this one. So thank you all for listening to Locked On Thunder, the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. We'll be back tomorrow with a mailbag episode, and then we're going to be recapping the games all week long here on Lockdown Thunder. So subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to YouTube and any other podcasting platform that you listen to. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.